What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Eddie D. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show. I'm certainly glad that you guys are with us on this beautiful early Monday morning. I'm certainly excited to be among you guys today. Um, welcome to the launch of our new show here. Um, certainly grateful to all of you guys for, you know, having, again, you know, um, subscribed and watched and, you know, got us to this point. And so certainly grateful and excited to be among you guys this morning. I hope that you guys are having a fantastic Monday morning so far. Um, it's 6 a.m., about 6.04 here um, in the, on the East Coast. And so hope that you guys are excited as I am as we're launching this on um, this new platform, this new show right here. Um, feel free to hit me down in the comment box with any comments or concerns that you may have today. Um, got a jam-packed show in store for you guys today. We'll be with you for the next two hours. So hope that you're, um, that you're just as excited as I am um, to be among us on today and hope that we're able to say something that will edify your soul and get you started on your Monday morning. Um, so I want to start off by um, doing a little bit of Bible study today. Um, and, um, and looking at, um, you know, one of the things that I'm heavily interested in um, is biblical literacy. Um, again, I feel like a lot of us in the faith especially are not literate when it comes to, you know, our Bibles and when it comes to actually knowing how to read this thing. Um, and so I wanted to go through a little bit of biblical literacy today um, just to kind of help us to understand um, how to better read our Bibles and to better understand and unpack what's going on in our Word. Um, today, um, as a biblical literacy lesson, I want to talk about, um, you know, uh, uh, word translation. Um, in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, um, uh, there's a parable that Jesus, um, you know, gives his um, disciples. Um, yeah, what's up? Oh, I love you, too. You, you can say it. It's OK. Love you, too. <laughs> That's my daughter, y'all. That's my daughter. Um <clears throat> But um, but in Matthew chapter 25, it talks about um, the parable of the talents. And um, I know growing up, you know, in church, when I heard the word talent, I often thought that it meant that it was talking about, you know, our, um, you know, our gifts and our skills. Uh, thank you for the follow, um, Jonathan. Appreciate you. thought it talked about our skill set, you know, our, our abilities, our natural giftings, the things that God has given us, the, you know, the skills and the gifts and the the, the usage in, in, in our abilities. That's what I thought that the word that it was talking about um, when it came to the word. And so when they, whenever I would hear this parable being taught in church, I often thought about the fact that, you know, God is going to give everybody a certain amount of gifts and talents and skills. Um, and because of that, if you don't use your gifts, you're going to lose your gifts. And so um Starting at verse number 14 in Matthew chapter 25, it says, For it will be like a man on a journey, going on a, a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also the one who had two talents made two talents more. <clears throat> Um, but he who received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, long, now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward and said, bring came forward 
bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. And he also who and he also who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He who had received the one talent came forth saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you, here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given, will more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from, from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, growing up, again, we looked at the word talent and automatically assumed that the word talent was talking about our gifts and our skills and our abilities. Um, but just off context alone, as I even as I'm starting to read this now, I love you and you have a great day. All right. Um, but even as I'm um, even as I'm reading this now, you know, there there it's 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 clear that the word talent isn't talking about talents. It isn't talking about the talent in terms of how we think of talents. Because um, when it says, um, when it says, first off, when he, um, uh, the, in verse 18, when he says he dug in the ground and hid his master's money, that was context right there. Um, settled accounts, that's another financial term. Um, and then when it goes down further into, um, when it says, um, in verse number 27, you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was mine with my own with, own, with interest. And so in those spaces alone, you see that it's not talking about that the word talent is not talking about gifts and skills and abilities. It's actually talking about something different. It's talking about money. And so what it's saying. And so one of the ways that I went in to try to better understand what it was that the scripture was saying was to actually look up the word talent to see what it meant um, in that time. And so one of the resources that I use is biblehub.com. It's a very, um, very simple, um, website, but it's, it's very robust as well. And, um, I put in the, um, the verse, um, Matthew 25, 15, Matthew 25, 15. And then I go and I um and I um do a um where is it at? Um I do a strongs and it actually breaks down every word to help us to understand what it is. Um and so the word talent is um is talanta.
I'm trying to see. Hold on. Yeah, had it right. The word Talanta. There it is. Oh, I missed it. There it was. There it was. There it was. Um, there we go. And it takes us to the Strong's to the Strong's Concordance, which says that the word talent in that day is called Talantan. Um, and in that is talking about a balance, hence that's which is weighed. And so um, a talent is about three thousand shekels. Um, a talent of silver or gold. Um, and so what that literally is talking about is that in that time frame, the word talent was actually a bag of gold. It was a bag, literally a bag of gold. Um, and so with that in view, that already deconstructs what we probably used to think what the what the Matthew 25 parable was talking about when it says, you know, he gave 10 talents, he gave five talents, he gave one talent. He's talking about um you know, it's a bag of gold. It's literally a bag of gold. And what that helps us to unpack is what is it that the man, what is it that the parable is actually trying to teach when it talks about this man giving these um, these guys five bags and two bags and one bag? What we have to, what, what we discover is that when Jesus is talking about a man giving, you know, um, his servants talents, that is likened to Christ giving us the gift of salvation giving us the gospel, giving us truth, giving us his love, giving us his joy, giving us his peace, giving us his, um, you know, his, his, his blessing, giving us his spirit. And what he's telling us is that spirit that he gives us, that love that he gives us, that divine grace that he gives us, that joy that he gives us, is not meant for us to just hoard away or hide away or put, you know, or, or put, you know, or put in, and put in hiding or dig it, dig a hole in the ground and put our bags of gold, so to speak, put our faith in the ground. Rather, we are to spread it. We are to show it. We are to live it. We are to, you know, help it to multiply in such a way to where other people are being blessed by the, by, by the gift of God in, in, in that we're telling them about him and telling them about his love, telling them about his grace, telling them about his joy, telling everyone about his peace. And in doing so, Watching the word wash over those who don't have a walk with him, wash over those who do have a walk with him, and everybody growing and loving and learning together about the goodness of God and all that he's done for us. Um, I had the thought and I just lost it. Maybe it'll come back to me. Um, but, you know, but that is what this parable is, is referring to, that we all, um, you know, have this word and we have this this, this, this the relationship with God and we have freedom and we have joy and we have peace in him. And as a result, we go and we spread that word to whoever will hear that we don't, uh, there it is, that we don't take our light and we, and we don't take our candle and put it under a bush or hide it under a mattress or put it in a dark space. No, we, we go and we allow the light to shine in the darkness. So that way, you know, we can, we can, you know, be, you know, the living examples and the living epistles of who Christ is and what he has accomplished and what he has done for each and every one of us. And so, again, just from context alone, we see that the word talent, um, we can we have we can misuse that um, that word in thinking that it means something completely different than what it is. 
Um, but what God is trying to show us today is that if we, you know, just look at context alone, we see that the word talent is not talking about a bag of gold. I mean, it's not talking about our skills. It's not talking about our abilities. It's not talking about what we, um, you know, what we are skilled at or what we are good at. Many times people will use those verses to try to manipulate us into using our gifts and our talents and our skills for the church. Saying, if you don't use what God gives you, then you're going to end up losing it because you're not using it for the church. But the Bible even tells us that gifts come without repentance. That there are a lot of people who are extremely gifted and skilled at a lot of things. They don't have a relationship with God. Gifts and skills and talents come without repentance. You have a lot of people who are very gifted, very talented, very skilled, very useful, and they do not have a walk with God at all. They're more gifted than us. They can speak better than us. They can do you sing better than us. They can, you know, um, govern, um, you know, their companies and govern their businesses and govern the, you know, nations much better than any of us could. And yet they are not a part of the kingdom. They, they, your skill set is not a um, is not a precursor for whether or not you're in the kingdom. You can be gifted and not have a walk with God. You can be gifted and not have a relationship with God. What God is telling us today is that the word talent in this in this Bible is not talking about our skill set. It's talking about a bag of gold in this particular parable. And the word talent, anytime we see it, is always talking about about 3,000 shekels, um, you know, in that day's time, in that day's currency. And as a result, it helps to better unpack what this scripture is actually trying to say. That it's not saying that if you don't use your skills and use your talents and use your abilities for the Lord, that he's going to take them from you. Rather, what it's saying is that you have to exercise your faith. Exercise the faith that God has given you, the abundance of faith that God has given you, the abundance of, of, of knowledge that God has given you. For some, he'll give, you know, five talents worth of faith. You know, he'll give three talents, two talents of faith, give you one talent of faith. But that faith should be multiplying every single day. We should be growing in our knowledge and growing in our wisdom and growing in our experience and growing in our love and growing in our joy, growing in our faith growing in our peace, growing in our, um, in our long suffering, growing in our patience, growing in our kindness, growing in our meekness, growing in our humility, growing in our, um, in our self-control. Like we should be growing in these areas. You know, have you ever, you know, found it, found it, you know, fascinating how some people can say that they have a relationship with God and yet you see no change in them. Like there's, there's no change in them whatsoever from one day to the next. They say they have a walk with God. They say they have a walk with Christ. They say they have a walk, you know, with the Holy Spirit. And yet you see no growth. You see no change. You see no, you know, um, transformation. Now, it doesn't mean they're not in the kingdom. Let's be clear. It doesn't mean they're not in the kingdom. But it simply simply means that, you know, if you're if, if we're supposed to be, you know, being sanctified from one degree of glory to the next, from one degree of glory to the next, how is it that we're still not moving forward? How is it that we're still not doing what God, you know, we're still not growing in our faith. We're not exercising our faith the way that God would have us to exercise our faith. What's going on? How is it that we're not exercising our faith the way that God intended us to? And so, again, 
you know, God is showing us and God is, you know, revealing to us in his word today um, that, you know, if we are to grow in God, we have to grow in our literacy. We have to grow in our biblical literacy in such a way to where we're better to able understand this word, better understand what God is trying to say to us. And in doing so, have a better understanding of what it is that we're meant to do as the believers in God. We're all meant to grow in him. We're all meant to be more like him. We're all meant to expand in the way that God would have us to be. Um, and we're all meant to have more of him. And by the grace of God, uh, we are meant to, you know, um, thank you for the share, my love. I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. Um, we are meant to, you know, share this word. We are meant to share this knowledge. We are meant to share this wisdom. I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, we're meant to share in the knowledge and in the, in the wisdom, in the experience that we have with God. Um, and we're meant to, you know, um, to strengthen our brothers and sisters and to strengthen ourselves. And God has given us a Holy Spirit um, that reminds us that it's not about just having head knowledge that makes us more like him. But, you know, Christ has, you know, suffered and died that we may be called the righteousness of God. And that's free. That, that is free. Some of us will sit in that freedom and do nothing except just be glad that we're in the kingdom. But God is calling us all to have a deeper relationship with him, a deeper relationship in such a way to where we are able to, you know, um, we're able to, you know, grow more, learn more, experience more um, and really revel in the peace that surpasses all understanding, knowing that our faith in him is eternally secure. And if our faith is eternally secure in him, then we 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 should be that much more um, willing and excited and encouraged to share our walk with God, to share our love with others, to grow to grow together as the body of Christ um, and to not hide our faith, to shield our faith, to bury our faith so that, you know, um, you know. So that so that others can grow. Um, and so that's that's that in a nutshell before I start talking in circles. Um, but again, that is what biblical that's uh, the, the whole point of me bringing all this up is um, that we have to grow better and more capable in our biblical literacy. And so, again, by utilizing the helps like Bible Hub. Um, you know, to help, uh, you know, parse, you know, words and understand what words meant back then it help us to have a, it'll help us to have a better understanding of what we're reading when we're reading scripture. Um, it, it helps us to be able to understand as one of the tenets of biblical literacy that the Bible cannot mean for us what it did not mean for them back then. Um, that we can't take these scriptures and reinterpret them with a 21st century flair, that we have to understand and unpack what did these words mean for the people when it was originally written for them back then. So again, the word talent to us may be talking about skills and abilities and gifts, but for them back then, it was simply a matter of a, 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 of a bag of gold. And that makes all the difference in the world. Because, again, I can't tell you how many times people tried to, you know, try to beat me up talking about, 
you're not using your talents for the Lord. You're not using your skills, skills for the Lord. If you don't use your skills, if you don't use your gifts, you don't use them in the church, then, you know, you're going to end up losing your gifts. And that's not what these scriptures are trying to say. That's not what this parable is trying to say. It's trying to say that if we're not, if we're not, you know, exercising our faith, then we will grow weaker in our faith. And we can sometimes grow weak to the point where we have no faith at all. Um, and so, you know, and that's a whole nother can of worms that, you know, that's in God's wheelhouse in terms of who, how he chooses to judge who he judges the, whether they're going into the kingdom and out of the kingdom. That's not my place to say. Um, but yeah, um, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my little spiel. Um, you know, uh, feel free to ask any questions or comments or concerns that you have. Um, I'm going to scroll through these really quickly, see what's going on. Somebody asked me to read Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Let me see what they got going on right there. Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of um, lawlessness. Listen, one of the scariest things that... um. That 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 one of the things that scares me the most is, you know, knowing that there are people who truly do believe they're in the kingdom um, and they're not. Um, I can't remember who said it um, in the scriptures. I have to go back and I have to go back and look at it real quick. But it says in the word, you know, that there are people who will um, who, who will create for themselves their own righteousness and forsake the righteousness of God. Um, there's others that says that they will lift up leaders that will scratch their, 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 um, their, their tickling ears. And there's another in Romans chapter one, which is the scariest of them all that says that God will give them over to a reprobated mind and they'll end up worshiping the creation rather than creator. And they'll also celebrate those who do the same. Um, there are a lot of people who will, say, I am God, you know, or I am, you know, I am a God follower. I'm a, I'm a worship, I'm a worshiper. Um, and for a lot of them, they think that they are a worshiper. They think that they are a believer. They think that they are, um, they think that they are part of the kingdom and yet they couldn't be further away from him. They couldn't be further away from God. They couldn't be further away from the truth. And as a result, um, you know, we pray for them, you know, that God will open their hearts and open their minds to the truth and open them to the pos to, to the possibility of really getting to know God on a deep and intimate level. But a lot of times, you know, a lot of people, they don't, they, 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 they choose, they either choose not to, they either choose to not, you know, want to, you know, you know, um, humble themselves and get to know God, you know, for themselves. Or they feel like they know enough about them to where they're not even going to try. Um, and so my heart goes out to them always. And we're always praying for them. 
Because here's the thing I love about God. He is not going to allow his word to, um, to go out and return to him void. He can use a donkey. He can use a donkey to get his word out. And so he can use anybody. He'll use an unbeliever to get his word through. To, to whoever it is he's supposed to get it to in order to have a relationship with him. And so his word's not going to go out and return it to him void. But just because you preach and teach a good word doesn't mean that you are a part of the kingdom. Just because you know, you know, and can do, you know, some, some really miraculous things in Christ's name does not mean that you may, that you are a Christ follower. So you got to be sure. You got to be sure on a sure foundation and know for yourself that you are a part of the kingdom of heaven, that you are a part of the kingdom of the Lord, that you are a part of the, the kingdom of Christ. Because at the end of the day, if you are, if you feel as if you are, you know, doing all these great and powerful things and you think that is the litmus test by which you are in the kingdom, Christ said, Christ said it himself, you know, you're going to have a lot of people going to do a lot of great things in my name. But when it's, when it comes to judgment day, I don't know you. I never knew you. And a lot of times the tree can be known by the fruit that it bears, that they are very performative. When it comes to being on stage, when it comes to doing the great mighty acts, when it comes to doing all the great things, and they may carry a sense of humility when they're doing it in front of people, but God again knows the heart. He, he, he knows the heart better than all of us. And for some of us, we can be doing all these great things and God will, you know, have those things happen. But you can still be so far away from God, straight so far away from God. Um, and so again, we have to be ever so careful that even for us who are teaching the truth, living the truth, giving the truth, that we are ever so mindful that we are working out our salvation with fear and trembling, that we are working out our salvation with fear and trembling, because if we're not, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves in a place where when that great day comes, we, <laughs> we like, God, did, did I not, you know, did I not put a show together in your name? Did I, um, you know, did I not preach in your name? Did I not sing in your name? Did I not preach in your name? And God be like, yeah, you did all that. And, you know, again, my word not going to go out and return to me void. It's going to do what it's meant to do. Somebody going to get something out of this. But at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, we have to be careful that we are a part of the kingdom that we have repented of our sins, that we are believing in Christ, that we are anchored in him, and that, you know, we are fighting the good fight of faith in, in so much that, you know, we can tell for ourselves that we are indeed Christ, and Christ is indeed ours. Um, because, again, at the end of the day, if we're not careful, if we're not, if we're not, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in that same position where we're up, we're up in God and we're like, I, I thought, and I think that's part of the reason for me, um, as I'm as I'm, you know, sitting here musing about it. That's part of the reason why it's so important to me to have this platform, um, to to have the true gospel ministry as a whole, um, because there are so many people whose faith in God has become so. The word I'm gonna use is basic. It's been, our our faith with God has been shallow. That's the word I want. Our faith in God has become so shallow now that it reminds me of the parable. Um, 
in Matthew chapter, I think it's in 16. No, I think it's 14. It's in here somewhere. Give me a minute. There, 13. Matthew chapter 13. Um, Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 1, says, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, a soul went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell, fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Further down in, um, in verse 18, he says, Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. And for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another 60, and another 30. And so what scares me for a lot of us as believers, what scares me for a lot of them is that, you know, we have this, this tendency to be shallow in our faith, very shallow in our faith, right? Because a lot of times what ends up happening for us is that we have become so biblically illiterate and we become so disconnected and disengaged with the spirit that lives in us that we are operating in our own power. We're operating in our own might and we're operating in our own ability. And as a result of that, for a lot of us, we really don't know who Christ is. We know that he saves and we know that he delivers and we know that he sets free. We know that he has done such, an, um, such a powerful job by not counting our trespasses against us, by, you know, um, canceling the record of debt that we owe to God, because all of us owe a debt that is too immeasurable to count. Just as he said in the, in the parable of the, of the unforgiving servant where, you know, he was like, dude, I can't pay that. And the, like, the king was like, all right, cool, I'm going to write it off. Like, that's the debt that we owe. And Christ canceled that debt by nailing it to the cross. When he got on the cross, died, died for our sins, but also lived a perfect life, died, descended to hell, rose back again and defeated and defeated death, hell and the grave. We we know that he did that for us. But we after after we know that and we're saved and we're part of the kingdom, we just stop right there. Like we, we just stop. We don't do anything else. We don't we don't talk about anything else. We don't we don't do anything beyond that in terms of our faith with God. And as a result, 
some of us, our faith in God is so shallow that it's very easy to get caught up and entangled with so many other things, so many other pursuits, so many other endeavors in the name of God that we forsake our first love. We forsake him. We forsake God. We forsake Christ. And for a lot of us, we are in positions of influence and we're in positions of um, a persuasion to where we're persuading others to do the same. We're persuading others to not be as, you know, um, joyous about our walk with God, to not be as joyous about our relationship with him. And instead, we want to pursue other things. We want to do businesses and we want to do industry and we want to do entertainment and we want to do, you know, we want to become moguls and we want to become, you know, rich and famous and, and we want to do all these other things and we want to do them in the name of God. And as a result of that, again, our faith is so shallow. And that's the reason, again, why for me, why this is, is so important to me, because I fear that for a lot of us, our faith walk has become so shallow that we can't tell the difference between true gospel and fake gospel. When Paul says in the book of Galatians, you know, you know, there y'all out here listening to another gospel, not that there is another one. There's only one. But I'm ashamed that y'all have fallen away to another gospel that doesn't, this, this is not even true. And this was happening back in 60 and 70 AD. And so, you know, it was happening back then, clearly happening now as well. Um, but, you know, again, it, that's why it's so important to me to be here with among you guys, because, you know, a lot of us, we have been given such a shallow teaching of our faith and a shallow relationship as a result of that. Um, and we forget, and we don't know how to develop a deeper relationship with him. We don't know how to, you know, look out into the world and see God in everything. We don't know how to rightfully or rightly rather go into a space and be able to say, where is God in this? Where is the God in this? Instead, we have divorced ourselves from the power of the Holy Spirit and divorced ourselves from the discernment that God gives us to the point where we can't even tell the difference between God and, um, you know, God and godliness and anything else anymore. It's all bleeding the same. It's all of um, it's all bleeding the same. And so as a result of that, that's why it's so important for me to be able to be in a space like this, to be able to share the faith and share the gospel and share the truth with y'all because at the end of the day, you know, again, like I tell anybody, as I told y'all before, I know too much about him. I've, I've walked alongside him for too long. Even when I was faithless, my God was still faithful and where he was, you know, keeping me on these guardrails of my life so much so to where he ushered me right back into a walk with him. It's like, he, it's like he let me take the detour and it was like, all right. And now you're going to circle right back to me. Hashtag Thanos. Um, and so, you know, um, you know, it, 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 it's so um, it's so powerful, you know, for my life, how he, you know, how he just kind of did that thing. I, under, I understand and have a greater appreciation now for 
Moses and the Israelites when they marched around the mountain for 40 years, right? Like he might have marched around the mountain. God never left them, but he let them march around that mountain for 40 years. Like, like I ain't going, y'all, we taking this long route because here is the promised land right here. Y'all going to take the promised land today. But since y'all want to, let's go march around this mountain. But he marched around the mountain with them for 40 years. Um, and I, and I have a greater appreciation for, you know, yea, dog walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Like no matter where we are, there he is, no matter where we are, there he is. And because of that, you know, he's asking the question to us, will we walk alongside him? Will we trust him? Will we obey him? Will we live with him? Will we have a walk with him? Will we worship him? Will we be satisfied in him? Will he be, you know, everything? Will we allow him to be everything that he promised us he would be? Um, and in doing so, develop a deeper relationship with him um, that surpasses all understanding. All right. That was good. That was good, man. Thank you for that. Um, for that. Um, for that inspiration to go to Matthew 7, 21 through 23. That was really good. Um, let's see. Um, Fitness Jack said, what's the definition of wine in the concordance? Um, wine. <laughs> um, it's wine. Um, um, so John Levin says, your God is very absent from the real world. It's funny you mentioned that because, um, I was talking to somebody on a, on a previous live. Um, and by the way. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy, Eddie D. Appreciate y'all so much for being on the live with me. I'm here from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Um, Monday through Friday. So I appreciate y'all for taking the time to, you know, to talk with me. We really do appreciate y'all um, and appreciate you so much for taking the time to um, to talk with me. Um, and before I move forward, just to answer your question, Reskin, um, I just talked about Moses um, in the Old Testament. So, no, I don't skip. The Old Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. I, I like it just came out my mouth. I talked about Moses. That's Old Testament, baby. So no, nah, I'm not skipping over none. Promise you, I ain't skipping over none. Yeah, it's all all God's word. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, um, on a on a on a um on a particular live, and they were asking the question, "What do you think?" And he asked me, "What do you think is wrong with our generation today?" And I said to him that my, the big, one of the biggest issues that we have in the, in the world today is that we have lifted up for ourselves so many idol gods to where everybody has a voice now and everybody is an authority. Um, gone are the days where, and I'll just and take this out of the spirit realm for a minute. Gone are the days where we believe in our experts. Like, we don't believe in our experts anymore. You can have a person who has studied something for 30 years of their lives, like literally went to school, got a doctorate, been researching this one particular subject their entire life. This is all they know. And they know nothing else. If they don't know nothing else, they know this topic. This, this is their thing. This is their baby. They've been studying this for 30 plus years. And yet 
you can have somebody be on TV as a commentator and say, I believe, I don't believe that. That's, that's false. That's a lie. It can influence half a million people to believe the same. It, like, gone are the days where we believe in our experts. Everybody who has a platform is now suddenly an expert in something. And, and as a result of that, and as a result of that, the tendency is for us to just listen to whatever resonates with us, whatever makes us feel good. If that's what makes me feel good, that's my truth, and I'm going to run with that. And everybody nowadays has a truth. And the ones who have the biggest platforms and have the biggest megaphones are the ones who are influencing people the most to be able to say and to be able to, to think like them. And so it's because we all are experts now, nobody's an expert anymore. And so when you ask the question or when you say that your God is very absent from the real world, it's not that he's absent. It's that people are just disengaged. I mean, he's not he hadn't gone anywhere. He's the same God that he was yesterday as he is today, as he will be forever. God hadn't gone anywhere. We've just, we've, we've disengaged from him. And we disengage from him because everything else is much more resolved and resonating in our hearts. You know, the beating that we feel that makes us feel so good on the inside, you know, we run to that rather than running to truth. And as a result of that, we see a great falling away. And again, we are divorcing ourselves from the power that God has promised us through repentance and belief. The, the reason why we feel like you may, you, you know, it may be a truth, a truish statement that he's absent from the world is because people aren't engaging with him anymore. I just got done saying, you're going to have a lot of people that say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? Did we not cast out demons? Did we not, you know, do these things in your name? You're going to be like, I never knew you. And part of the reason is because we are so disengaged from him that we are doing things in our own power, in our own might, and in our own strength. And we are being lifted up, just like it says in Romans chapter 1. We are being lifted up in such a way to where, you know, people are celebrating. They get, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk, bash God. Yes, bash God. You know, yeah, bash the government. Bash the government. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, this, 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 that, that, that's, that's, that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly what I think. That's exactly what I, what I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, we keep lifting up for ourselves gods that sound like us. We keep lifting up people that make us feel like how I want to live you know, it, 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 I can do this. I can be who I want to be now. I can do what I want to do. And, and no one can tell me otherwise. No one can show me otherwise. No one can give me a different way of being. For if they give me a different way of being, I don't listen to them anymore. I don't, I don't um, you know, try to understand them anymore. Instead, I just, I, they're automatically my enemy. If you don't think like me, if you don't feel like me, if you don't agree like I agree, you are automatically my enemy. So gone are the days where we're able to have a real honest conversation with one another and agree to disagree if that's what it comes to. 
but actually be able to in, engage in dialogue. A lot of times, you know, because even right now, as you see through these comments, I don't comment on everything that everybody says. Because one, this is, my, this is, you know, this is my show. And so I'm going to say what I want to say. You know, this is, this is what I want to talk about. But two, and more to the point, this isn't, this isn't an engaging dialogue. Now, if you want to follow me and DM me, I would love to have discourse with anyone who doesn't agree with anything that I have to say. Because, again, my, 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 my hope is to show you, you know, and, pers and possibly persuade you to come on board, you know. But this isn't the forum by which to have a genuine conversation with somebody in such a way to where, you know, because a lot of times you've already made up your mind. You already know what you want to say. You already know how you want to feel. You already know I'm just, I'm just going to get on here and I'm just going to say what I want to say and, you know, the heck with what he has to say. And I'm going to stay here until he gets off the live. Now, mind you, I am not complaining. Comments are welcome. Statements are welcome. Say what you want to say. Now, you know, be careful, be classy, because if you're not, then, you know, I may have to boot you out. But, you know, keep it classy. Keep it, you know, keep, keep it 100. Uh, but keep it, yeah, but keep it a buck. But at the end of the day, this isn't the forum for the type of conversations that I want to have with y'all. Because, again, you know, this forum, all I see is a bunch of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. No one's really listening for the answer. They already have made up in their minds what they believe and how they feel. And as a result of that, they just want to keep spewing what they feel rather than actually listening to actually have a great understanding of what's going on in the conversation. And so, again, I'm saying all that to say that for a lot of us, um, you know, we don't we don't we don't communicate like we used to. We don't have discourse like we used to. And because of that. It's really difficult to be able to have an honest, open dialogue about, you know, the fact that, you know what, you actually might be wrong. And let me show you why you let, you know, based on, you know, thousands of thousands of years of, um, of, of research and, you know, and, and, and faith walks and pastors and great theologians who've written so many texts. I mean, even, um, you know, well, I'll use this as an example. You know, you have some people who will say, you know, oh, you know, Christianity, that's a white man religion. That's a white man's religion. Okay, I can't believe you. You worshiping God? You worshiping Jesus? That's a white man's religion. And it's heartbreaking to hear people say that because I know where they're coming from. You know, I know that back in, you know, 16, 16 19 till you know, that, you know, American slavery was built upon the foundation of a faulty gospel, a, a, a false gospel, a fake gospel. And as a result, they use that as a means to manipulate 100% bar none. I do not argue with that logic. That happened. But we also act like because that happened, that that's where the religion started. Like, dude, the religion of Christianity the faith of Christianity did not start in 1619. It actually started way, way, way before then. Furthermore, 
when you go back to the ancient text of our earliest fathers of the early church, I'm talking after Paul, after James, after John, after um, Jude, all them boys. If you go at just, just immediately after them, dude, we got so many people who wrote so many texts. You got Tertullian, you got, um, uh, 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 oh shoot, was it Augustine, um, I think there's a guy named Horatius, uh, Horatius I, I believe. All those boys wrote so many different texts, and they line up. They line up. And call a spade a spade. Most of those people who wrote on the, in the early church, Africans, Ethiopia, Egypt. Um, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm, don't quote me on this. It might have been Nigeria. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But, dude. Those people were Africans. And so, again, Christianity didn't start in Europe. It didn't start there. Now, there's some manipulations that have happened, but manipulation has happened everywhere. It was happening in Israel. It was happening all across the, um, the nations that Paul was teaching in before he, before he um, passed away. And so, again... Manipulation of the text and manipulation of scripture has been happening ever since the dawn of time. And so there's nothing new under the sun in that regard. But again, you have some people who are so, so entrenched in their belief system that, um, that, you know, um, that, uh, uh Christianity is a white man's religion. That's, that's, that's not a, that's a, they use that to, you know, the, the manipulate the slaves. So we, I, I can't believe in that. They are so entrenched in that that they will not give themselves an opportunity to learn the truth, which is it's not an either or. Yes, there were some really bad people who picked apart scripture in order to make and manipulate slaves. That happened. And our religion goes further back than that. Somebody had to twist scripture in order to build that foundation, which makes them at fault. Oh my gosh, which makes them at fault, but not God at fault. Because at the end of the day, God didn't tell them to do that. God didn't tell them to do that. Now, am I grateful for all that happened because it got me here to America? To God be the glory. But God didn't tell them to do that. God did not instruct them, hey, take the scriptures and twist them in such a way so that you can enslave people. Not when all of scripture is talking about freedom, setting folk free, you know, um, you know, breaking, bond, breaking bonds, breaking chains, all that stuff. Like, no, God does not, God do, did not condone what happened in six, what happened 1619 all the way to 1865. He did not condone that. He did not endorse that. That was not, that was not of God. And so again, I'm saying all that to say, that we can't even have a conversation about that nowadays because all that happens is, well, you know, well, you know, you, you, you just been brainwashed. You just been brainwashed. Oh, okay. Well, you know, if that's how you feel, you know, then it, then it is what it is. But then why are you asking me the question? If, if you're asking me the question, I would hope that you'd be listen, be willing to listen to the answer and then let's have an honest conversation rather than you actually defending turf and just saying, you know, well, y'all, you just been brainwashed anyway. You just been brought, you just been brainwashed anyway. 
Um, so, Frank, that's the second time you asked me that. So I'm not going to answer you this time. You already know the answer. So either remember what I said or get off the live. Because at this point, you're, just being, you're being insulting now. So I'm going to let you have that. But that's the last time you're going to ask me that. Otherwise, you're not going to be on my live no more. The second time you've asked me that, and I've already answered that question for you. Um, and so, um, so to that end, again, um, I say all that to say we can't have an honest, open dialogue like, like we used to anymore. Um, like even now, like I say, with even with Frank, like, dude, we had this conversation. So you just completely forgot everything that we talked about that day. So again, you know, that's, that's the stuff I'm talking about. We can't have an honest, open conversation with each other anymore because we're simply just trying to throw barbs, trying to simply attack, just going on the offensive. And so again, I'm saying all that to say to us today that that I feel is, 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 is the, is the, is the, the issue and why there's a feeling that God is absent. There's a feeling that God is absent. He's not gone. God hadn't gone anywhere. Contrary to popular belief, God hadn't gone anywhere. But what often is the case is that we feel like, you know, we, we, we feel like God is gone because we're not seeing the things that we used to see. We're not feeling the things that we used to feel. And so it feels like he's gone. He hadn't gone anywhere. He hadn't gone anywhere. But we, as the people of God, we're not tapping into the power that Christ has given us. We have not, we, we're not tapping into the powers of God the way that God has designed us to. Um, and as a result of that, it feels like God is absent. It feels like he's not here. It feels like he's not around us anymore. And we have to be ever so careful and ever so mindful that we as the believers in God are going back to God, that we run to the well that does not run dry, that we run back to the living water and of that, that, that springs eternal within us, that we're eating from the bread of life every single day so that we can tap into the power, we can tap into the power. Because if we're not tapping in, then the onus is on us. The onus is on us. Now, again, God, God doesn't need us, right? He does not need us. Now, he loves us, but he doesn't need us. So he can do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it, whenever he wants to do it, with whomever he wants to do it with. But he loves that we have, we have, we, he loves that we want to be in touch with him, that we want to be in tune with him. And so we have to tap in. That's the problem with us. We have to tap in. If we don't tap in, come on, Josh, exactly. If we don't tap in, if we're not, how's the song say? I'm chasing after you no matter what I have to do because I need you more and more. Like if we're not chasing after God, and even, even though we got him, if we're not chasing after him and, you know, pouring into ourselves and, you know, go, going to his word, praying to him, all those things then we are, that we are divorcing ourselves from the power that God has given us to be the light that shines in the darkness. We are the ambassadors for God. The reason why we don't see miracles no more, because we ain't tapping into the power. 
The reason why we're not seeing a, we're seeing a great falling away from Christ today in American in American society anyway is because we've tapped out of the we're not tapped into the power. You know, um, now, mind you, I also do believe that a lot of us are turning away from the church in American culture because the church in American culture in as a whole has been um, weighed, measured, found wanting, and exposed for a lot of the fallacies that were the, on the foundation. But sometimes I feel like you got to shake that foundation up in order to build back on the, on the sure foundation of Christ. So that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Um, but yeah, man, it's like we, we, we are meant to be the ambassadors that walk into these dark spaces and are being the light. Like God does, does his work through us. Like, again, he can do the miraculous all on his own, but he's chosen to do his work through us so that we can, that, so that we can be the living example and be the living um, epistles to eternity. And so, yeah, man, so that's my long-winded answer to why if God is absent. Um, because, again, it ain't him. He ain't going anywhere. But if you... Mm, if you saw him today, would you even be able to recognize him? If you saw Jesus today, would you even be able to recognize him? And I ain't talking to the unbelievers. I'm talking to the believers. If Jesus showed up in your church today, would you be able to recognize him? If Jesus showed up in your house today, would you be able to recognize him? If Jesus showed up on your job today, would you be able to recognize him? A lot of times, that's where we fall short, where we think that we know God, but just like the Pharisees, boy, can show up right in your face and you're like, crucify him. Like, that's, that's again, we, when we're not tapped into the power, when we're not tapped into the source, can we see him? Do we know him? Can we recognize, oh my God. <clears throat> Can you recognize this man's voice? Can you recognize his voice? I was listening to Tim Ross on his um on his podcast, The Basement, and he said that a lot of people ask him the same question all the time. Um, you know, um, how do you know the how do you know the voice of God? How can you recognize the voice of God? And he said, the way that I learned how to hear the voice of God is I got into his word. I started reading the Bible. Because the way that God speaks is the same way that he speaks in scripture. So if I could recognize his voice in scripture, I could recognize when he's speaking to me. Because when he speaks to me, it will line up with what he says. It will, it, and I can recognize it because it's something that he would say. It sounds like something he would say. If I recognize his voice in scripture, I can recognize his voice in the world because he's not going to contradict his own word not going to contradict his whole, his, his whole person. And so, you know, um, zero independent and objective and verifiable evidence of God's, um, short answer is there is proof. Um, the question is, if you saw it, would it be enough for you? Because at the end of the day, you, if you've already made up your mind that God doesn't exist, based on the preponderance of evidence that you have, 
then what's the point of even showing you the evidence because you've already made up your mind? Are you asking the question? Are you asking the question? You know, so so do you want to believe in God? No, no, I, I, it ain't about your money. It's about your soul. Do you want to know who God is, really? Do you want to know who God is? Do you, do you want to know who God is? Or are you simply doing this in an attempt to try to, you know, one up? You got to check your own heart. Because again, the proof is plain as day. Like it can't, it can't be more evident in front of you. And yet your heart might be so hardened away from God that even upon the preponderance of evidence in front of you, you still won't believe. So I ask again, check your heart because why are you asking the question? Are you asking the question because you genuinely want to know who God is? Or are you asking the question because you're just trying to one up? Your proof is plain as day. Your proof is plain as day. And so again, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go there with you. What I will tell you to do though, follow me, DM me, and I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you one-on-one because at the end of the day, this ain't the platform for that. Um, let's see. You said, um, would you ignore those whom he shepherds? I don't understand what you mean by that, Sprinkles. Um, would you ignore those whom he shepherds? What does that mean? You're at, oh, oh, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, I'm seeking for a prayer for my little brother who's sick in the hospital. Um, listen, I got you at the end of the show. At the end of the show. Um, I got you at the end of the show. So um, so don't go anywhere. Um, if you stay on, I'll be on for the next 55 minutes. Um, I will let you know again, Miku, and it's the last time I'm gonna talk to you about it. DM me if you want the proof. I'm not gonna do this here because again, I'm not in the game of trying to be one upped. We're not doing that here. So if you want to talk to me about the evidence, DM me. Uh, that's all, and that's the last time I'm gonna say that. So you have that. Stay on if you want to listen to what I have to say. But I'm not going to argue with you because that's not what this show is. That's not what this show is for. So have that. Um, and so let me see. Um, hold on. One second. All right. There we go. So, so again, um, so that, so that in a nutshell is everything that I was talking about in that regard. Thank you all so much. For watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy here, Eddie D. Um, I'm going to be on here live with y'all for the next 50 minutes. I'm definitely grateful that you guys have been um, sticking around. I've seen I've had a consistent about, you know, uh, seven or eight people to be on the live. And so I really do appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to, um, to come and watch your boy. Um, really, there's some good conversation happening so far. I really am excited. Um for you guys to be in the live and to be in the chat room with me. Um, and so um, I do appreciate y'all for taking the time to, um, to come in and have this conversation with me as well. Um, and so let's talk about some world stuff. Let's talk about what's going on in the world. And so um, 
saw that um you know and I and I know my wife probably gonna be looking at me like I'm dumb like please don't go there please don't go there but I'm going there because it's dog and it's my show I do what I want to do um but um but no you know we saw what happened uh, with Donald Trump and um and all of his um you know co-conspirators they finally were booked and um and 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 all that stuff in Atlanta the other day. Um, we've been seeing a lot of, um, you know, he got his fourth indictments, fourth series of indictments and, you know, what all that means for the, um, for the 2024 election. We also saw the Republican, um, national, um, the, the Republican national debate, um, the first debate, um, last week and I, 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 I feel bad for, I, listen, I, if y'all are staunch Republicans, I feel bad for y'all, man, because, and, and here's the reason why. I feel bad for us as, 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 as independents because we ain't got nobody. I feel bad for the Democrats. They ain't got nobody. Like, who, we ain't got no good candidates no more, man. Like, everybody, all everybody know how to do now is argue. Like, nobody talks policy no more. Nobody talks about what they're gonna do for the um for the um for the country no more. All they do is argue. All they do is argue and pick fights. I feel like I'm watching middle schoolers argue. That's that's all it is now, man. Like I I've grown very very um weary of politics these days because they, don't no one no one has any type of decorum anymore. Like it's all about just I, let me get on here. I'm gonna be loud. I'm gonna be aggressive. I'm gonna be abrasive. I'm gonna say what I want to say, and like, no, they don't. They nobody talking no more, man. Like, you know, I, I, I fear the day. I, well, I mean, no, I mean it's here. It's here. Like nobody's talking anymore. Nobody talks about you know what they want to do. Nobody lies to us no more about what they gonna do. Make it sound good. You know, convince me that you know this is the, that that you're the person I need to vote for. Instead, it's really just about who has the biggest online platform and presence, who can make the most noise, you know, how much free airtime you can get on TV, you know, and spewing hate and all this other type of stuff, all so that people can see you, resonate with you, and want to vote for you in 2024. Like, you know, you know, Trump going to win the nomination by a landslide, even if he is convicted, he, he's still going to win the nomination because... I just can't, I can't understand why nobody's written a rule that says you can't be indicted for stuff. <laughs> like you, you, you can't, you can't, like you, you, you can't be running for president and got federal charges. You, you, especially for, for treason. Like you can't, you can't, you can't, but no, they go let it ride, man. They go let it ride. Um, and, and again, you know, the Democrats ain't no better because we can't find nobody competent enough to actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody Republican. We keep trying to do this whole Michelle Obama, when they go low, we go high thing, and it don't work. It ain't working no more. But, it, but the, fact, the fact that it's not working is indicative of where we are as a nation. I mean, we, you know, politics have always been politics, but at least there seemed to be a level of decorum you know, that, you know, you know, you could get behind. But nowadays, man, it's like nobody cares anymore. Like nobody cares anymore about decorum. No one cares about policy. Nobody cares for, you know, um, for, um, you know, being decent anymore. It's all about, I'm going to get on here. I'm going to get on this platform 
and then I'm just gonna get loud. It's gonna be abrasive and aggressive. Just gonna rawr. every time they tell me something, they're gonna say that's stupid. That's dumb. You're dumb. Everything's dumb. This is what I'm gonna do. You know, this is um, you know, it, it's it's a mess, man. It's just an absolute mess, and it's sad and unfortunate because for a lot of us as people, especially in this nation of America, like. Some of us do want a decent candidate. You know, some of us really do. But, you know, the options that we've been that we're being given are just terrible. Absolutely terrible. And like. It's it's terrible, like just absolutely horrible. And it's just like, I just wish that um, I wish that we could actually get to a place, get back to a place where there was actually decorum, where people actually did get along and actually did have real honest conversation. You know, my biggest, my biggest, um, my biggest regret um, is that, you know, a lot of people have, you know, have endorsed being angry. Oh, okay. This show is awesome. This show is freaking awesome. A lot of people have really endorsed anger. Like, they really just endorsed anger. It's, it's very unfortunate that we live in a day and age where if you're angry... If you're angry, you get more playtime. If you're angry, you get more press. If you're angry, then you get more, you know, endorsements. If you're angry, then that's what's going to allow you to be able to influence people the most because at the end of the day like for a lot of people they have this tendency to simply act as if you know I don't have to um I don't have to um I don't have to I don't have to be truthful. I don't have to be at peace. I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to be decent anymore. I can just be me. I can just be myself. I must be myself. You know, and if myself is angry, I'm going to be angry. And because a lot of people are angry too, it just fires them up all the more. We don't learn how to deal with our anger no more. We learn how to revel in it. We don't learn how to deal with our frustrations anymore. We revel in it. We revel in it. Like we don't, we, we, gone are the days where we actually were de- have been our decent people. We want to be angry and mad and frustrated and all the time. So we watch our favorite news channels. You know, we don't watch all of them. We watch our favorite ones. 
so that we can get stirred up in our anger all over again. We watch our favorite people on TikTok so we can get stirred up all over again. We watch our favorite, you know, um, you know, we listen to our favorite podcast so we can get stirred up all over again. So we sit in these like, you know, cauldrons. Woo. <laughs> Nicole, you know about some cauldrons, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, but we sit and <laughs> we sit in our cauldrons and we just stew in our anger. We stew in our frustrations. And we pump, we we lift up people who sound like us, who think like us, who speak like us, who 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 who, who tickle, you know, who, who scratch our itching ears. And and because of that, like gone are the days where we actually sit down and t- make a candidate for the highest office in the land tell us. What are you going to do for us? Instead, all we do is just, he's, he's angry like me. Yes, I want him. Not, okay, bro, you angry. What's going on, Liberty? How you doing? Um, yes, you're angry, but what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Yes, you're frustrated, but what are you going to do about it? Because I'm frustrated too. I hate the fact that gas prices are up. I hate the fact that our military is in the Ukraine right now, even though I love Ukraine. I love Ukraine. I ain't trying to bash Ukraine. I'm good, Liberty. How you doing? I love Ukraine. But doggone it, man. We keep sending aid to them. What about my student loan? What about my student loan, homie? You know? But, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, I, I, I care about that stuff, too. I, I care about, you know, my children and their future. You know, I care about them being able to find a good, decent job. You know, I care about, you know, um, you know, the rise in prices and food and, and all that type of stuff. Like, I care about that stuff, right? But nobody's talking about that. All they talk, all they do is they they make they may show a commercial, you know, but the commercial, come on, man. You know that's put together by somebody else. That ain't put together by the candidate. That's put together by some super PAC that's trying to convince us that that's what they stand for. But then when you put them in front of a camera and give them a microphone. Tell them talk about your policies. They ain't got nothing to say except I'm angry. I'm mad. And I'm mad at you and I'm mad at you and you suck and you suck and I'm the one you need to vote for. Like no one's given us a reason for real if you really sit down and think about it to vote for them. And it's unfortunate because scripture tells us that we are to be active participants in our government systems, that we are to serve our emperors, you know, with gladness, that we are to, you know, that we are to walk among them and live among them and be at peace with them, to seek the prosperity of our nations, to seek the prosperity of our land, to pay taxes and to vote and to be concerned about our, about the issues and all that. Like God tells us to be a part of these systems. And to be an active part of them, not just to sit on the sidelines. No, you go vote. You go and you and you and, and talk to the city officials, and you you do and you do what needs to be done in order to, you know, in order to um to to help the nation to be as prosperous as it can be. Like that's that's scripture, man. That's Bible. And yet, at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, yeah, he does. He tells us to do that too. But at the end of the day. 
you know, what we find ourselves, you know, the, the sadness in it is that because of who our officials are, it, it makes us not want to participate in this stuff. It makes us just want to sit on the sidelines and be like, you know what? F it, man. I just, I, I can't, I can't be a part of this. This is dumb. This is nuts to see the constant travesties and to see who we keep pumping, pump, pumping, pumping up as our leaders, man. Somebody asked me the other day, how can you be, how can you vote for a democratic person and be a Christian at the same time? I said, you know, here it is, right? Like, it's not that I am a Democrat, but I look at the Republican landscape and I look at the candidates and I'm like, dude, y'all don't stand for anything that I stand for. You know, not with not with um not with enough um credence to make me vote for you. Yeah, the Republican Party seems to be against abortion. It seems to be, you know, um, you know, pro-life and all that type of stuff and you know, and Christian principles and all that stuff. But do you know how many um Republican um you know officials paid for abortions? Can we call a spade a spade? It's all well and good to talk the talk. But then we put your money where your mouth is. That that mistress that you knocked up the other night. So for me, it's like it's not about platforms. It's about policy. It's about what are you going to do for me? And quite frankly, none of these candidates want to do anything for us, man. It's all about a money grab for them. It's all about setting themselves up as kings and queens for the rest of their lives never having to work ever again in life because they get a check, you know, um, you know, from the government for the rest of their lives. That's what it, that's what it seems to be about for a lot of these people. Like you got some people that are trying to actually make a difference, but dude, they, they be hit with so much opposition that at some point they're going to be like, you know what? I quit. I give up. Let me just make me just collect my check and move on. And, and so again, it's, it's very sad to see that this is where we're at now, man. And that's why for me, you know, as I'm watching, the whole Donald Trump situation unfold and I'm watching the Republican debate unfold. I'm looking out in the landscape and I'm saying, this is who y'all signed up for. This is who y'all signed. This is who y'all hit y'all wagon to. This is who you want. This is who you want to represent you. This is who, you know, you, you want to, you know, put all your eggs in this basket. Again, I'm not saying that we need to put it in Biden's basket either. Cause I'm not Biden. I, <sighs> Yeah, man. But like, this is this is your this is your king. This is is this your king? Hashtag Black Panther. Is this your king? Because I don't I don't understand. Like this, I can't get I can't get behind them. I can't get behind none of them. It ain't just, it ain't even just a Donald Trump thing. Even though I'm not gonna get behind him, but I can't get behind him. I can't get behind Nikki Haley. I can't get behind the the, the man last name start with a V. I can't get behind Chris Chris. I can't get behind none of them jokers. <laughs> none of them, none of them, no more than I can get behind Biden. His um, you know um, no. I, listen, no, I I did not get behind Obama. Let me let's call a spade a spade. I did not get behind him. I got behind you know the what he what he stood for. Again, I'm not behind a I'm not behind a candidate. I'm not behind a candidate. Um, I'm not behind a candidate. I'm what I'm behind is wh what are they going to do for me? What are they going to do for me? 
And if whoever can give me the most sense, like I said, lie to me. Just, come on, lie to me. You know, but if you can tell me what you, what it is you're about, and at the time, you know, affordable health care was a big thing for me at the time. And so I was I was all for it. And because Obama's the one that was for it, hey, let go. So again, I'm I'm not behind a candidate. Like I'm I wasn't behind Obama just because he's black. I was behind him because he actually made sense. You know how many black candidates we done had over the past 20 years? I ain't get behind them. Al Sharpton? Come on. Jesse Jackson? Come on. But then Obama was actually speaking some truth and making some sense and actually saying some stuff that actually mattered. And so, you know, but again, at the end of the day, I'm saying all that to say I'm about to go off on the side on a tangent. You know, that's what it is frustrating. It's frustrating because like, you know, we want to participate in the democratic process. This is the government that God has allowed us to be birthed and raised in. This is the government system that we're in in America. And yet it's so disappointing to see that these are the people that we that we're dependent on for, you know, our lives here in America outside of God, you know, because God is the one I'm dependent upon regardless. But, you know, outside of that, these are the people that we're lifting up and depending on. And it makes participating in the government process, which God tells us participate in this process, participate in these processes. Um, it makes it that much more um, um, disappointing, um, to say the least, um, very disheartening. Because, again, like I, I want to be involved and I want to vote and I want to, you know, do my part, you know. But at the end of the day, it's like like I was telling my wife the other day, you know, she uh, there was uh, that, you know, a lot of stuff that we see happening in Florida, for instance, in the in the in the public school systems. A lot of your people who are in these public school systems in these on these school boards, they don't have an education background. They don't have a degree in education. They never taught classes. They never did that. They're just some guy or some girl who was popular enough in the city that they lived in to get voted on to be on the school board. You don't have to have a degree in education in order to be on a board. It's got to be voted for. You got to be a certain age and get voted for. It's that simple. And that's, again, going back to what I said earlier today, we don't care about expertise no more. We, how popular are you on TikTok? How popular are you on OnlyFans? That's what we care about now. You know, we how how popular are you on, on TikTok? How popular are you on, on Facebook and Instagram? That's what we care about now. You know, how many hands have you shaken? How many people do you know? That's what we care about. We don't care about expertise. You can be an expert in something for 50 years, and it's not going to matter a hill of beans uh, compared to the person who got a million followers on TikTok Who's telling people that whatever the, the saying the exact opposite of what the expert is saying? We don't care no more. We, we we've stopped caring about that. Um, and unfortunately, that's why a lot of our a lot of what you see now playing out on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and Newsmax and um and 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 um uh, I forget what the other one's called. Um, but that's why NPR and all of them. That's why you see what you see now. Because gone are the days where people talk, want to talk truth and want to speak truth to power. Now it's just, what can I say? What can I do in order to get the most likes? What can I do? What can I say in order to get people paying attention to me? 
I said this the other day. Let me get me a bottle of water real quick. And I just want to say, um, again, thank y'all so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show. I'm your boy, Eddie D. Certainly grateful to have had all the comments and all the, the questions and the viewership you guys are doing. I'm batting a thousand today. I really appreciate y'all. And I appreciate y'all for the one um, for the 1,300 likes. I did not see that just till just now. I want to thank y'all for that so, so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, but I was telling somebody today, well, not today. I was telling somebody when the Barbie movie came out, when the Barbie movie came out, everybody in the Christian universe was up in arms, boy. I'm boycotting the Barbie movie. I'm boycotting the Barbie movie. And they were saying, they were spewing it all over social media. All over social media. And I said to them, y'all really don't know how algorithms work, do you? Y'all really don't know how algorithms work. Every time you mention Barbie in your, in your feed, every time you mention Barbie on your platforms, every time you mention Barbie in a tweet, which is now an X now, YouTube Liberty, it's always a pleasure. You're one of my day ones. I, and I'm grateful to the high heaven for you each and every time you get on. I appreciate you. Come back and see me. Um, but yeah, like every time you mention Barbie, every time you mention her name, the algorithm is going to pick that up and make it where that is the top thing that's on everybody's feeds. You want to stop people from watching Barbie? You want to boycott Barbie? Shut up. Say nothing. This is my platform. I can say what I want to say and do what I want to do. And I, okay. Now the Barbie movie has become the highest grossing film in all of 2023. Because you wouldn't shut up about it. Because all you did was generate buzz that made people say, hmm, let me go see what the Barbie movie is all about. Now, people are now talking about, you know, don't go see it. It's a grown-up movie and that sort of thing and da-da-da. Reasons why I won't watch it. We Christians shouldn't watch it even though I watched it. Like, you see people doing the, the aftermath now. But again, all you're doing is generate more buzz because the algorithm is picking it up and saying something about it. If you really want to boycott something, shut up. Say nothing. Don't go. Don't spend your money. But you ain't got to make a big show about it. I remember when, um, back when um, R. Kelly was accused for the first time, like of doing some really heinous things. People were we people back when. Let me tell I'm going to age myself. Some of y'all probably don't know nothing about this, but they bought his CD. You remember what a CD is? Remember the CD? Remember the CD? Went and bought the CD. Got on national TV. And broke the CD. Bruh. You already gave him your money. What are you doing this for? Why did you buy his CD. Just to break it on national TV. And say we're not listening to R. Kelly music. He ain't making music. Just to make music. He making music to make money. Fool. And you spent your $13.99. Cause again it's a CD. Spent your $13.99. And, bought it, and now he got your money. That was stupid. And all you did was galvanize the people that love his music 
to go buy more CDs. And the people who didn't know nothing about R. Kelly, now who? I wonder what who R. Kelly is. I'm gonna listen to his music. And now they're buying a CD. So your thing was 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 so counterproductive. NW Right! Exactly! Exactly! What are you doing? What are you doing? And so again, I'm saying I'm saying all that to say that is the game that our politicians are playing now. That is the game that a lot of our people in general are doing now. Let me just make some noise. Doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. Let me just make some noise. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's a conspiracy out there now that says that Kiki Palmer and Usher and um, Darius, um, Kiki's ex-boyfriend, still boyfriend, whatever he is, did everything that they did as a stunt. Did everything as a stunt to generate more likes and generate more buzz and generate more, more popularity between amongst the three of them. You know, uh, Kiki, if you don't know, Kiki Palmer, she was at Usher's, um, um, you know, um, concert for her birthday weekend or somebody's birthday weekend because apparently her birthday was last week or whatever um, before a birthday celebration. And, you know, went and she danced with him as he was serenading her. Darius got on and was talking about you, a mother. You shouldn't be dressed like that. She came back. She clapped back and said, you know, I, I'm a, I am a mother, you know, and, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm a boss, too. And, and then they broke up. And then Usher and Kiki made a video together about two weeks ago. That video was so bomb, even though it was so petty. It's great. Awesome. I enjoyed it. And then now, this past weekend, they were uh, Kiki and Darius were seen together, you know, um, celebrating her 30th birthday. He posted a video about her on his on his um, on his page, um, and um, and she posted pictures of herself like she normally would, because it's her platform. She do what she want to do, half naked, and it's like, you know. Um, Oh, thank you. Um, TikTok said I've gone live for 90 minutes. I did take a break. I did swing. I did drink some water. Um, and so, um, you know, so again, um, they so they saying they generated all this buzz so that they can stay relevant. I've seen that this is what this is all that I'm talking about. People will do just about anything to stay relevant. And that's what our politicians are playing the same game. Our entertainers are playing that game. You have people who will create an OnlyFans page and they won't put anything but they probably their fingernail or their pinky toe on the page. But they'll say they created an OnlyFans page just to generate buzz, just to get somebody talking about them, just to get somebody looking at them, you know, to make money, to generate wealth, to amass wealth, whatever the case is. Like a lot of uh, that, that's what we do now. We, how can I? Make the most buzz. How can I get eyes on my stuff? How can I get people liking what I do? Um, you know, I've often said that it's the case that some people will build platforms by doing shady things at first. Um, and then once they get what they need in order to be able to do what they really want to do with the platform, they'll take all the shady stuff down in order to now do what they want to do with the platform. It's a very ingenious idea because people are dumb, some of them anyway. But, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of us have a tendency to gravitate toward the thing that resonates with our hearts the most. And so, again, I say all that to say to us today that we 
as a people, as I've gone through this whole little rabbit hole, this whole rabbit hole, we as a people, we have to be careful that we're not running to things that resonate with us. Just because something resonates does not make it true. Just because something resonates does not, does not make it the mantra for your life. Just because something resonates does not mean that it is the end all be all. I was talking to a client because um, um, oh my, my day job is a marriage and family therapist. And I was talking to a client and the client said to me, you know, I got all these different diagnoses. I got bipolar. I'm, 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 I got anxiety, antisocial, depression, um, mania, um, schizophrenic. I got all these different diagnoses. Thank you for the follow, Will. I appreciate that. All these different diagnoses. And I asked him, where do you get all these diagnoses from? Well, I was watching a TikTok video and it really resonated with me. And I watched this TikTok video and it really resonated with me. I watched this TikTok video and it really resonated with me. And I watched this TikTok video and it really resonated with me. And, I, and he kept saying this like 15 times. I'm like, dude, so you watch 15 different TikTok videos because every last one of them resonated with you. You got all these diagnoses, all of them. Come on, bro. You ain't got all of them. You might have one of them, but you ain't got all of them. What you do have is this tendency to be a follower and follow whatever makes you feel good. But you got to be able to separate what you're following from what's really true. Because you ain't got all these diagnoses. I promise you that. You ain't got all of them. And he was so offended by that because he was so convinced that all of his influencers were right about who he was. He wanted so badly for to, to be identified as something and to belong to something that he was willing to take on these things that resonate with him rather than actually seeking them out and determining whether those things were actually true. And that's what a lot of us do. We simply follow people that make us feel good on the inside, but we don't search this stuff. We don't actually search to see whether or not this stuff is actually true. And so, again, I'm saying all that to say to us today that we, as, the, as, as believers, um, have to be ever so careful that just because something resonates, it doesn't mean that it's true. It just made us feel some type of way today. And it's okay if something makes you feel some type of way, but, our, but don't operate in what you're feeling. Because you can start operating in what you're feeling then you run the risk of running away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can't afford, especially in today's day and age, even though it's been happening since the dawn of time, you can't afford to walk away from the gospel. There is no other gospel. There is no other good news. And the gospel is not something that you graduate from. The gospel is something that you exist in for the rest of your life. You're running for Christ. You are running with him in the gospel for the rest of your life. This isn't something that you just graduate from. The gospel of Jesus Christ is, what, is such to where it becomes your life. Christ becomes your life. Our life is hidden in him. We abide in him. We live 
in him. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We are in him. Like there is no, there is no coming back from that. We're all in. Jumping in the deep end. I don't know the rest of the words. But that's the but that's you know, that's the walk that we have with Christ. That's the walk that we have with God. That when we say that we're in, we're in. And there's no coming back from that. Um and so yeah, man, um I caution us all. Be careful who we're listening to. Be careful who has our ear. Be careful of who we're paying attention to. You know, I tell um, I was watching um watching um I didn't watch it was something I watched, it's something I read. I was reading something the other day that said we have to be careful that we search the scriptures for ourselves. We search for them in such a way to where even if our favorite pastors, our favorite influencers get it wrong, we can call out what's wrong with what they've said. Maybe you can get a message to them and try to tell them, hey, you may have gone in the wrong direction. You know, season it with salt. Sprinkle it with love. But be able to have a conversation with them in such a way, or be able to know it for yourself. I'm sorry, know it for yourself. Because sometimes we will allow people ooh-wee! Sometimes we will allow people to speak for God instead of allowing God to speak for himself. And we got to be very careful that we're not allowing people to be such an ambassador for God for us as the believers that we are not allowing God to speak to us himself. T.D. Jakes and I have a very love-hate relationship. The man don't know me from Adam, by the way. But I have a very love-hate relationship with T.D. Jakes. Because every now and then, this man will speak some truth. And every now and then, this man will sprinkle it with some falsehoods. And it's like, bruh, you are right there. Dang it. You know? And so, if I allow T.D. Jakes to be God for me, where he speaks to God and then tells me what God says, rather than I go to God for myself, then my walk with God would look markedly different than what it looks like today. And I fear that for a lot of us as believers in God, these be- I'm talking about believers now, talking to believers, talking to the ones who saved, sanctified, saved, they're they part of the kingdom. Salvation, been, been, been given to salvation. Repent and believe. Heart of stone, heart of flesh. For the believer, fear that for a lot of us, we don't spend enough. We don't spend enough time with God to allow Him to speak for Himself. We rather the pastor speak to God, and then the pastor speak to us. God speak to the pastor, pastor speak to us, instead of saying, God, speak to me. God, hear hear my cry. God, hear my prayer. You know, it's just like I was telling somebody earlier today on the live. 
you know, he wants so badly to have evidence of God's existence. My answer to that is why don't you ask him yourself? Why don't you ask him yourself? What do you need me for? Right? He's right there. Ask him. But a lot of times, for a lot of us, we are so disconnected from God and we can feel the absence of God and the separation from God that we won't entertain the idea of even talking to him. We'd rather go to other people and have them speak on his behalf. Mind you, we are the ambassadors, so speak up. We are the ambassadors for God. We are the, we are the ambassadors for Christ, ambassadors of reconciliation. We are, you know, the ministers of reconciliation. So, yes, speak. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. But the whole point of us speaking and giving truth is so that you can go and talk to him yourself and let him speak for himself and not relegate the communication that you have with God to a Sunday morning sermon. <clears throat> like, what are you doing in your downtime? What are you doing in your walk? What are you doing to, to have a relationship with God for yourself, to speak to him yourself, to walk with him yourself, to talk with him yourself? You should not have to rely on your pastor to be the sole mouthpiece of God. In addition to, as supplemental to your relationship with God, should be your relationship with the pastor. It should not be the primary way by which you're hearing from him. And so if you're a believer in God, I'm getting ready to get out of here. As you are a believer in God, my hope and prayer is that you are walking with him in such a way to where if you hear your pastor say something that is not in line with scripture, not in line with what God says, not in line with what God, you know, how God thinks and how he feels about things, that you have enough, enough faith. Even if you don't necessarily call it out, like go up to him and him alone and call it out, that you have enough faith within yourself to not accept what he's saying, what she's saying. So that you can continue in faith in your walk with God. Because again, if you're solely depending upon your pastor to be the mouthpiece of God, then on the off chance that your pastor gets it wrong, you may find yourself drifting away. Drifting away from God, drifting away from scripture, drifting away from him. And divorcing yourself from the power that God has given each and every one of us by virtue of, 
you know, our eternal peace being secured with God and the Holy Spirit um, authenticating our relationship and allowing us to live um, now in living inside of us that we may have the power to move forward in what he has for us. I thank y'all so, so much for taking the time for, you know, spending some time with me. Let me see. I had some people to make some comments earlier today. Um, let me see. Um, let me see. Let me see. Adam fifteen zero zero five said uh, fifteen double o five. I'm uh, Adam fifteen double o five. Hey, Adam fifteen double o five. Hey, hey. All right. Um, the Bible writers tells us this book is written by men, not a magical god. Um, hey, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Um, yes, you are one hundred percent right. The Bible in its collection of books were written by men. And they were inspired by a magical God. So it's not an either or. It's a both and. Yes, men wrote the Bible. Whoa. Yes, they were inspired by a magical God. So, there's that. Um, thank y'all so much for taking the time to watch this live. Um, I'm getting ready to get up out of here. Before I go, I do want to, um, you know, um, end this with a prayer for us all today. And so I'm going to pray uh, specifically. Um, I'm not going to say her first name, the first part of her name, because, um, you know, that's um, going to probably get me cut off the um, off the live. But I'm going um, to pray for us today. Um, Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for allowing me to have this platform today to be able to share truth and wisdom and speak truth to power on today. Lord God, I thank you for the people who watched. I thank you for those who commented. I thank you for those who liked. I thank you for those who shared the live. I'm thankful, God, that you thought it not robbery to give me this opportunity to be able to tear to share you to share you with your people. I ask a special prayer for speak for sprinkles the first. Um, I ask that you uh, pray over her brother that you that you look over and watch over her brother on today. Um, may he be found well. May he be found in good spirits. May he be found um, delighting himself in you um, in whatever issue or problem or concern that, you know, Sprinkles' brother is facing right now. Lord God, clean that situation up. Make it right. Make it just. Make it so. Um, Lord God, we're believing and depending on you uh, for your miraculous power on today. Um, I thank you for every person who is under the sound of my voice right now. Thank you for everyone who watched today. Thank you for everyone who, you know, um, commented. I thank you for the believers. I thank you for the non-believers. I thank you for the atheists. I thank you for the agnostics. I thank you for the bona fide, diehard, you know, Christians. I even thank you for the lukewarm ones. Because, God, we all need a closer walk with you. And I'm grateful that you have given me this platform to be able to, you know, just share what I have and share what I know. 
to share the talent that you have given me um, with others that they may grow to get to have their own talent and then grow that talent um, as, as that talent is the word of God, the spirit of truth um, and the love that you have bestowed upon us by virtue of your death, burial, resurrection, um, ascension and future return. Ask God that you just continue to watch over us in a mighty and powerful way. Continue to look over my family, look over my wife, look over my children, look over my dog. Um, continue just to bless my, uh, my, 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 my mom, my dad, my family. Um, continue to bless this nest that we have built, Lord God. And I ask that you just help me to be an humble, an humble steward of it, that you may be glorified in everything that we say and do. Lord God, we thank you. We give your name all praise, glory, and honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, I love you guys. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for being here with me on this inaugural episode of the True Gospel Morning Show. This has been such a fun time for me. I really have gotten a lot out of it for myself. I hope that you got something out of it as well. If you have any questions, any comments, any concerns, follow me. Hit me up in my DMs. Maybe your questions or your, con your concerns may be a topic of, um, of interest that we talk about here on the show. Um, and again, I thank y'all so much for your likes. I thank you so much for your viewership. Thank you so much for the follows. Thank you for the shares. As always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.